Well, it's, uh, it's no secret that uh, we've been underwater the last week with the flood that came. It's been no secret that the, uh, the weather experts are not to be trusted, right? Right? So if you're a weather expert here, sorry. Uh, but I still feel the same way. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but uh, you look around the world and uh, there's people, experts in different fields, telling you uh, different things. And uh, it, was, it was not comical, but there was a time when uh, the water was coming up in my neighbor's backyard, and all the water was, was coming this way. And this was my, my first flood to experience where we live. And so we're, we're picking up all of his things in the middle of the night, and all of the water is coming in. And uh, finally, it gets about ankle deep where we're standing. We're still moving things. And then we begin to see the water move the opposite direction. And we go, finally. Like, this is it. Like, like, this is it. The water's done. Now all the water is going away. But the water kept rising. And it was just two pieces of water had met each other. And this one going the opposite direction was stronger. And so that was very naive to think that that was the end of it. And so things kept going and things kept going. And, and as the water was rising in town, many of you were helping people get things off of the ground the day before. Even in the midst of the water rising, no one knew how much it was going to come up. But everybody's frantically working to help anybody that they can get all of their, their treasured things off the ground so that the loss is as minimal as possible, right? And since all of this is very real to us, uh, there's, a, there's a handful of verses in Scripture, and it's I'm not trying to be funny. We're not going to go to Noah's Ark and anything like that. But there are some, some references to floods, and the authors of Scripture use them in such a way to remind us of the, the urgency of certain things in life. In the floods that are to come, the Scriptures say aren't floods that can be escaped and they aren't floods that are going to gradually come but everything that scripture says that is on its way is immediate and there's no way to get out of it and so let me jump into matthew chapter 24 and everything will make a little more sense and so this is jesus speaking and he's talking about the return of the son of man and he says in matthew chapter 24 verse 36 he says but of that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven nor the son but the father alone For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. And so Jesus is telling that, listen, the Son of Man is coming back one day. And just like Noah was building a giant ark, Everyone had time to get ready, but no one understood and no one took the time to get ready for the flood that was at hand. And everybody that was in that flood in Noah's day that wasn't on the ark was destroyed. We live in days, brothers and sisters, where people think they've got everything under control. That everybody is the the leader of their own life and everybody is fine. I was told a story. I live about a rock's throw from the bridge that, that separates... Uh, this side of town from the other side of the town where the hospital is. And I was told that the last flood, there was a man who thought everything was okay and he drove his vehicle across the bridge and the swift water took his vehicle away and he died. Right up to the point when that man's vehicle got taken away, I'm sure he thought that he could control his vehicle and his own life. But the water was higher than he thought and swifter than he thought and he died. There's a lot of people, spiritually speaking, who think that they are the master and the navigator of their life. And they think that they're going to be fine. 
And the reality is, brothers and sisters, is that they're not fine. And so if you go over to the book of Second Peter, and you look at chapter 3, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7, say this. This is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you, in which I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder, that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of our Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. This is chapter 3, verse 3. Know this first of all, in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. And so I bring all of this up to tell you that when the floodwaters in the Kashai River started rising, even though no one knew that it was going to be as bad as it was, we had time to get things right. right? We had time to get things off the ground. We had time to, to move your lawnmower to high ground, move your car to high ground. There were several hours that we had to get anything that we wanted to take care of taken care of to a certain extent. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know that we are living in the last days, the Scripture says. And the Scriptures say that in the last days, there's not going to be a flood that overtakes the world of water. But there's going to be a flood of fire when the Lord returns. And there is no escaping it. And there is no moving things up to high ground. But it's either you're ready or you're not ready. So in a flood, you can save some of your things. Right? You can remove them. You can move them to, different, to a different place. When the earth is flooded with fire, you can't save a thing. You can't save yourself. You can't save your neighbor. And you won't have any warning that the flood is coming. And brothers and sisters, the only way for anybody to be ready for this flood of fire that's coming at hand is to put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Is to believe that God became a man, took on flesh, dwelt among us, died a death that we deserved on the cross. He gave us His righteousness and He gave us His, excuse me, He gave us His righteousness and we gave Him all of our sin, guilt, and shame. And then on the third day, he rose again so that we could have eternal life. And brothers and sisters, if there's anybody whose hope is not in Jesus Christ to save them of their sins, they will not be saved from the flood of fire that's to come. Because there is no partially getting out. It's your all-consumed or your all-saved. And I want to read to you just an example of what this is going to look like in the last days. And this is the book of Isaiah. You can turn there if you want to. Isaiah is back in the Old Testament. It's in the midst of the, the bigger prophets, uh, Ezekiel and Daniel and Jeremiah. You'll be able to find it. This is Isaiah chapter 2, and we're in verse 12. And this is what's going to happen in the last days. This is Isaiah chapter 2, verse 12. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is proud and lofty, against everyone who is lifted up, that he may be abased. And it will be against all the cedars of Lebanon that are lofty and lifted up, against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, against all the hills that are lifted up, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, verse 16, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. The pride of man will be humbled, 
and the loftiness of man will be abased, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. But the idols will completely vanish. Men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty. When He arises to make the earth tremble, in that day men will cast away to the moles and the bats their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they made for themselves to worship in order to go into the caverns and the rocks and the clefts of the cliff before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty when He arises to make the earth tremble. Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? And so the whole reason I bring all of this up is that because we have all sorts of of, of devastating things that have happened amongst us. But I want to point you forward to a day where things are going to be even worse for the people that are on the earth, unless their hope, unless their faith is in Jesus Christ. And so all the reason for talking about this is because I told you that meeting that I went to about two weeks ago, when uh, when the ballot comes out in November, you're going to be asked to vote on alcohol resolution about liquor by the drink in the county. And remember that uh, they were talking about all of the devastating effects that, that liquor has when it comes to drunk driving and deaths and all of these other things. And I told you that there was a, a story that was told about four high school students that died because of a drunk driver uh, the night before graduation up in Wake County. And that preacher stood up and he said, those teenagers dying by alcohol isn't the biggest problem. He was shaking that crooked finger. And he said, the biggest tragedy is that if those teenagers didn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're going to spend an eternity in hell. And the man was exactly right. It's a tragedy when teenagers are killed by a drunk driver. It's even more of a tragedy if for the rest of eternity they spend it in hell as opposed to heaven. Following me? Brothers and sisters, our town is wrecked by a flood. And there's going to be those of us who are are helping to clean up the town and make things right again. But I just want to remind you that some of the people that we'll be helping, much of the town that we'll be helping, their biggest problem isn't a flood. Their biggest problem in life is that they don't know Jesus Christ. The flood looks like an immediate horrible need, and it is. And I don't want to belittle it. But when it comes down to eternity... Something being flooded is minor in compared to someone just spending an eternity without Jesus Christ. And so what I want to remind you is that when we're out in the world and we're out helping folks recover from the flood, when we're ripping out ductwork, when we're ripping out carpet, when we're ripping out floors, when you walk away from a home, they're not out of trouble yet unless they know Jesus Christ. We need to remember that when we're out in the world and when you're delivering drinks and you're delivering water to people, even in the midst of a flood, Even in the midst of tragedy, people knowing Jesus Christ is of the utmost concern. We just need to not be afraid to have conversations telling people about Christ, even in the midst of trial. So when someone, when you do something for someone, and they maybe have the question, hey, don't you have a job that you're supposed to be at? Why are you helping me? This, that, and the other. Why is your church bringing in hopefully hundreds of people to help clean up our town? The reason isn't just so that they can have a dry place to live. The reason is so that we can share with them the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we can hopefully tell them about our great Savior and and get them away from the devastating flood of fire that's to come if they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You following me? All right. You guys look really straight-faced. Hopefully, hopefully that's your learning face and you're taking it all in. And so... What I want to do is I want to, I want to, to kind of shift gears 
And I want to uh, let you know of some things that are coming up in the near future uh, regarding our church. I wanted to make a push for you to not forget to share the gospel with these people that we're helping. But I want to share with you some things that are going to be going on in our church and how you can help the flood victims and, and other people who were affected. And so there's a lot of rumors floating around as far as what's going to happen with the Baptist men. And I can tell you that a, a lot of them, unless you heard them from us, a lot of them aren't true. So let's, uh, let's iron out some details. The Baptist men hopefully will be on the ground tomorrow morning at our church around 8, 9 o'clock. There's only going to be a few of them at first. They're going to go out and they're going to do their assessments of what's going on. They got a little paperwork they need to do first. Okay, and so I'm going to be pointing them in the direction of some of our people that are most badly afflicted. And so I said in an email I sent out to everyone, one of the things that you can do that would be very helpful is that if you know someone in our church family that has been affected, let us know so we can get to them first. We went through a whole series of sermons on discipleship or excuse me, on what it meant to be a Christian uh, and we talked about the word disciple. You remember that? And the, the verse that we went to all the time was, they'll know you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. You guys remember that verse when we spent so much time in it? One of the ways that we can show love for each other and we can show the world how, how great of a body of Christ we have is when we take care of our own. And we want to take care of our own really well. And so if there's anyone who's been affected, let us know. And they're the first ones that we plan on going to and taking care of. Because hopefully the world will know that we're his followers by the way we take care of each other. And then there's going to be a bunch more help. And so we're going to be, spread them out and we're going to be able to help, hopefully, all the people in town that have been affected. But make sure you let us know if you have been affected so we can jump in and help you. Okay? And so hopefully they're going to get here Monday morning. They're going to do those early assessments by lunchtime. And then crews are going to start showing up at lunchtime. And we're going to be sending them out to work at different people's houses. Okay, this is not just our church working. This is other people are going to be coming from outside North Carolina helping out. Now, hopefully some of you will be able to take a few days off work here and there to jump in and help us. And you go, well, I'm I'm old. There's nothing that I can do. My knees, my back and all of these other things. Listen, there's going to be things that we need that all of you can do. Okay, even if you have to go to work every day, there's things that you could swing by church and you could help us out with before you go to work. We're going to need people to pick up ice each morning. You could take your truck and you could drive it to the place where the ice is and they could fill your truck up and you could drive back to church and you may not have to pick up a thing, okay? So if you can drive different places, we may need to send you to hardware stores to get things for people. So let me know if you want to help and let me know of things that you can help with. And when the need arises that fits your bill, I'll call you and ask you and get you to help. You following me? But if I don't know that you want to be actively involved, if I don't know what you can and can't do, we don't know if we can call you or not. So so be in touch with us. Communicate with us. Let us know what you can do. Let us know your restrictions. And then we'll find something that you need to do. So there's going to be a lot of foot traffic in and out of our fellowship hall. If you can work a mop, we're going to need you to work a mop for us. Okay? If you can fix meals, we'll need you to fix meals. If you can wipe down a table, we're going to need you to wipe down tables. Okay? Part of our job uh, is that we're going to be facilitating tons of people coming into town, helping out our town. So be in touch with me, and we'll put you to work. Um, There's going to be people spending the night here at the church, okay? They're going to be upstairs in the fellowship hall. We're going to need to feed them uh, maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? We want to take first-class care 
of everybody who's coming to our town to help us out. You following me? We don't just want them to, to be here suffering for the Lord. We want to take good care of them like we take care of our own sons and daughters. And so there may be things that you can do to, to make their life easier here at church, right? Be in touch with me. And I'll, I'll tell you what we need and we'll get you hooked up in a way that you can serve. Um, you may say, you know, I know you say that I can do things, but I just don't feel like I can. Maybe you want to write a check. I don't hit you up for money very often, but maybe you want to write a check to help out folks. There are folks in our town who thought they had flood insurance, and they found out that they didn't have flood insurance, right? It's going to cost money to have all of these people here helping out, and so maybe you want to make a financial donation. If you make the check out to our church, and you make sure that it's designated, and you make sure that the person you give the check to knows that it's designated, We'll make sure all of that money goes towards helping flood victims and feed people who are coming in to help. And we'll make sure we put your money to good use. You following me? And so between driving and not having to get out of the car and giving money, that's everybody is able to do something, right? You guys really need to loosen up, okay? I'm trying to tell you how we can help folks. And so then we're also going to need able-bodied workers for work teams. Because even if you can write a check and even if you can drive around and get us ice and deliver drinks to folks, we still need some strong backs to rip carpet out of houses and to move furniture to the street, okay? Uh, the few strong backs I've seen, most of them got uh, hurt moving stuff when the flood was coming, okay? seemed like everybody I was lifting something with, their back got hurt. And so, praise the Lord, mine's still good. But anyways, and you say, well, I'm not able-bodied. Maybe you know someone who's able-bodied. And let me speak to you older men specifically. Like, I get it. Like, I get that your knees hurt. I get that your back is worn out. And I get that you're not, you don't feel like you're physically the man that you used to be. Okay? I don't want you to hurt yourself. This is what I want you to do. You may not realize this, but the younger generation listens to you. You may need to talk to some of the younger men in your life. And you may need to tell them that it's their civic duty and as, as young men of God that they need to take a few days off of work and they need to help their neighbor. Following me? You may need to share with them that some of the most important things in life aren't working overtime and working more, but you need to take time off to help the people around you because there's going to come a day when your knees are worn out and your back is worn out and you need help and so you need to help people while you still can. And listen to me, older men. Listen to me, moms and grandmas. The younger generation will listen to you if you will just speak up and lovingly speak into their lives. I promise you they'll listen to you. And it may be that you're not able to help physically, but you're able to drum up more help for us than you maybe would be yourself if you had good knees and backs. You with me? All right. I'm trusting you. So by Monday at lunchtime, we're going to have an organized list of everything that uh, needs to be done in town, and we're going to be able to put anybody and everybody to work that wants to work. If you hear of someone who wants to help out, tell them to get in touch with me or tell them just to show up at the church after Monday at noon and come help out. We're not going to need any help before Monday at noon, okay, unless we ask you specifically. We're going to let them come get set up. Work out all the kinks before the masses show up so that it's not chaos. Also, if you're here, I just want you to know that everybody in our church is safe, that uh, there are a handful of houses that did get affected by flood water, and uh, 
people are taking very good care of them. There is a, a need that you could help out with today if you want to. I've heard, uh, I'll get Norman to affirm this, but I think that Jeff and Barbara are going to be ripping things out of their house today. And so if you're able, after you go home and get your bite to lunch, go to Jeff and Barbara's house and you can help them throw out all their carpet and such and uh, start to dry their house out. So that's an immediate need with that you could help with today. Um, I think that about covers everything. Uh, the deacons are going to get together after the service. Uh, if you're a deacon here and you didn't get the message, we're going to have a quick meeting uh, about some things that our church can do. I want all of you guys to know that uh, this is our chance. I know you've, you've been through this before, but this is another chance that we have to be a light for Christ in our community. And we need to take real good care of our folks. And we need to do a first-class job at every single thing that we do. And just by way of encouragement, you know that it's going to—it's easy to jump in and jump on board and help out in the first day or two or three. But there's going to be people who need help a month from now still cleaning up and getting things right. And we want to be the type of people who come alongside and we don't just leave when all the hoopla is over, but we leave when people are taken care of just like we would take care of ourselves. Amen? All right. And so what I want to do is I want to close us in prayer, but I want to have a, a, a special prayer uh, of closing for our people who have been uh, affected by the flood damage. And so, Randy, I'm going to ask you in a minute, I'm going to put you on the spot uh, to pray for those who have uh, been affected by the flood and uh, pray for all of our workers and pray for all of our people that God would give us the strength to, to jump in and help out. Before I wrap up in prayer, uh, some of you guys who know about as much as I do as far as what's going on, is there anything that we've missed where people can jump in and help out? Yep, if you go and we find that the Farabees have plenty of help, there's a house that you'll pass on the way to their house that they're going to need some help also. So uh, today, if you go to the Farabees' house, we'll point you in the right direction if they have plenty of help once they get taken care of. I think that's about it. I love you guys. I treasure you all. I look forward to the, the great things that the Lord is going to use us to do in helping. I want to just remind you in closing, don't, don't stay quiet and away from everything, okay? Make sure you stay in touch with us, and there is plenty for folks to do. I drove from my house yesterday uh, to the hardware store in Williamston, and there were people out playing golf, and there were people at a fair in Williamston. And I was, I was just, I wasn't, I'm not judging anyone who was playing golf or anyone who was at the fair, but my neighbor was still underwater. And as I drove to Williamson, I was looking around and I was going, wow, these people have no idea how devastated some people are. And it's easy to stick your head in the sand and just say, well, because it's not the person next to me uh, and because I can't see it, that it's not there. Uh, the need is, is very real. And I could just politely say that, the, the time for golfing and the time for hunting and fishing and all those things is, is not over the next week. That's time for us to jump in and help our neighbors. And the Lord is, or people are going to know we're the Lord's disciples by the way we love one another. The two greatest commandments are love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we don't do that, we should be ashamed to call ourselves followers of Christ. And so let me close this in prayer. Go ahead, Kay. Kay's got something. Boxes? All right. It sounds like we got, uh, he's got everything, everything good to go. Perfect. Well, hopefully we'll go get some lunch. Hopefully we'll see you uh, at the Farabee's house. 
if you are very able-bodied and you can help me pick up a, a piano or two and get them off of chairs, don't judge us. We lifted everything off the ground. Kay's volunteering to lift the piano. I did ask in an email that if any of you can bake baked goods, we're going to stockpile desserts to go along with all of the food that we're feeding so that there's one less thing for us to fix. So I appreciate all of you guys who have jumped in reminding us of things. There are, there's some people that will be sleeping upstairs in the fellowship hall, yes, and we're going to be feeding them. Not yet. Not yet. That'll all be uh, Monday afternoon once we get a good feel for what's going on. So the main need today is to get the piano off the chairs so it doesn't fall on a young child. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Randy, I'm going to ask, uh, actually, let me do this. Let me close us in prayer. We'll have our song of invitation, and then when we close in prayer, I'll get you to uh, wrap us up. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you uh, for... Uh, for the flood not being as bad as it could have been. Lord, we pray for those who have been afflicted, that we would indeed be your hands and feet in taking good care of them. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that you would uh, lay on their heart that that is their biggest need this hour. Father, I pray for the rest of our town that in the midst of us cleaning up from a flood, Lord, I pray that they would also be compelled to know that living life without you is more dangerous than living in a floodplain. And Father, I pray that you would continue to lay on our hearts uh, how our life is like a vapor. And it comes up in the morning and by noon it's evaporated. And Father, I pray that you would uh, convict people's hearts that we are only alive for a short time. And then we stand before you. And Lord, the only way we can stand before you is if we put our faith and your Son, Jesus Christ, to forgive us of our sins. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone here who's never done that, I pray today would be the day they do it. And Father, I pray that as we go out and serve the town, I pray that, that you would give our people the boldness to take your name to the ends of this town. And Father, we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you would stand with us for our hymn of invitation. We will give anybody a chance to uh, respond or to, to come forward and pray. Uh, and then after that, we'll get Randy to dismiss us in prayer. But please stand with us. Well, again, it was good to see you all here this morning. Uh, glad everyone is safe. Glad everyone's okay. Just a reminder, I have made some pretty lofty promises of things that our church was going to do for folks. And uh, I am incapable of doing them myself. And so I'm banking on your help for us to make good on those promises. Uh, I know you're good for it. And so uh, just know that if you need anything or hear of anybody that needs anything during the week, don't be shy to get in touch with us. You all have uh, the church's number, my number. And I'm going to ask at this time if Randy, if you'd wrap us up. Father, as we humble ourselves before you, I know the burden that's on us. I know the, uh, the stress that uh, our community and the tragedy that we've gone through Lord, we just lift all that up to you and take comfort in one of the days in your hands. Father, we ask a special blessing on all of our church family members that have been displaced whose homes have been affected. Lord, I just pray that you keep their spirits up, uh, keep their backs strong, and Lord, I just uh, tell them uh, to recover quickly, uh, get their homes restored, and uh, get all this be to your glory.
pray that you uh, uh, give them the ability uh, that they need to do this great work. We pray that you keep them strong and don't let them get weary. Uh, Father, we just pray that all of this is